Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Pearl Jam and Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today and a high of 35. Tonight, low about uh, 24, but clear. And for tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high of 44. It's 19 wicked cold degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, let's see. Scott Cohen will be joining us today. Believe it or not, there'll be uh, some football to talk about, some hockey, and maybe golf. That's all coming up after 7 o'clock this morning. That, Steve is here, loads of other stuff. Fuck. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's just about 5.50 and Billy Idol on Rock 102. I'm going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 44. It's 18 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump. Do it once, do it right, Aqua Pump. How about some Hollywood Trash with Steve yeah. and Meg of the Rock 102? Uh, Billy Eilish is brave for speaking out about how watching porn as a kid hurt her adult sex life, at least according to a retired adult star who says she's on to something and young people should pay attention. Randy Spears, who starred and directed in uh, adult movies for decades, told TMZ that Billy is absolutely right about the damage porn can inflict on the developing brain. The way Randy sees it, pornographic images and movies are way too much for children to understand, and he agrees with Billy that such experiences can have lasting negative effects. You know, had he not died, I was thinking about actually filing a lawsuit against, uh, against Hugh Hefner. Because oh, yeah. I'm damaged. Well, I mean, uh, Billy said she was just 11 years old when she started watching violent porn, and she thinks it have, had caused her to have nightmares, sleep paralysis, and bedroom troubles when she started having sex as she grew older. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the uh, the availability of it versus when we were younger. I mean, yeah, it's we, everywhere. I mean, we had to really work at it. Now yeah, you can we, just go online and... Type in boobs, and uh, not only does a picture of uh, you and John come up, but then... Uh, oh, I see what you did there, yeah. But then, uh, you know, and then it goes from there. Yeah. It's worse from there. You know, back in my day, you literally had to scour the, the entire house from attic to basement oh, yeah, to the, see what might be around. Uh, Red Book. Uh, Glamour. Glamour. Yeah. Uh, the Victoria's Secret Catalog. All those things. Mine was the uh, J.C. Penny wish list. You know, there were some National Geographic pictures that were always rather intriguing. Yeah, I never really got into that. I never, never got, really got into the uh, the naked people of the bush. I never got that. Uh, no, I never got that. Uh, but there was an, there was enough catalogs from Sears and J.C. Penney with all the uh, the lingerie sections. Oh for yeah, years to come. I mean, it was like the granny panty uh, <laughs> porn. But hey, that may it be work. But you know, in a pinch. Desperate times call for desperate measures. There was that one gal that was the same model for years. I wonder whatever happened to her. <laughs> you, ever, you ever do that just like enough and then you feel like you get to know them? Like, oh, hey, hey, you again. Hello, friend. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I've seen you before. Fancy meeting you here again. The uh, power of Spider-Man showed up big time over the weekend. The new version of the superhero movie not only won the weekend box office race, it made a run at the all-time record for a movie debut. Spider-Man No Way Home earned $253 million in ticket sales over the weekend. That's impressive. It's impressive, but what are they charging for a movie nowadays? And how many screens was it, was it in? Because uh, that, that throws... Believe it, that that throws off the number completely. But movie prices haven't changed that much in the last five years. It's been it's been the same 
same rate. All right, but how many, like, if you go to, say, like a multiplex theater, mm -hmm. how many of the theaters are showing that particular film? I'm not sure. Uh, that total far exceeds any pandemic-era box office take, and it's the third best opening ever. The only other movies to do better were Avengers Endgame with $357 million and Avengers Infinity War with $257 million. I don't know. See, I, I was thinking about that. Uh, we went and saw that Ghostbusters movie at MGM. Right. Last month. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you could never really do away with this experience. There's something about the cinema experience. You, I mean, you can release movies all day long at the, that you want on demand. Right. But the idea of being in a movie theater and having that big screen in front of you and you just get lost in, I mean, that's one of those things that I don't think will ever go away. Yeah, but it's, hurt, But it's. I mean, uh, apart from these major blockbusters, mm -hmm. those are the only films that are making any money in the theaters. True, but that could change. As well, yeah, it could, but there is something to be said about staying home and watching it on my big screen TV and and being absorbed that way. Yeah, but for for example, you know, I have a I have a pretty decent sized television. It's like fifty five inches or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, not really about the size, Steve. Mm hmm. It kind of is back because you got to follow along with me here. A movie like um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, for sure. example, right? That whole experience of the uh, the the live age live show? age show at the end mm -hmm. had to have been seen in a theater because anytime I watched it on television after that, it does not give you the same feel as it would be if you were in a theater watching that with the surround sound and the and the and the. I don't disagree. Kinda... I don't disagree with you. Yeah, like uh, last week, I was uh, I was bored. See, so I started watching the. Uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings films again, yeah, all by myself. You know, we got the same size TV that you do, and it wasn't the same as when I saw it in the theaters, where you're just completely, mm -hmm. you know, engrossed in this, in these huge battle scenes and stuff. You know, yeah, I mean, you don't feel the same. You don't feel like you're fighting fighting orcs in your house. Orcs, orcs. The hell is an orc? Well, an orc is uh, basically the soldier of uh, of Sauron. All right then. I'm not sure what you're talking about, but we'll move on. Anyway. Well, that's in the book, Steve. The uh, spread of the Omicron variants of the coronavirus put a crimp in Saturday Night Live style. The show aired, but instead of going fully live, it went on without a live audience and without most of its crew. Viewers ended up seeing sketches taped earlier in the week as well as highlighted from years past. The night's musical guest, uh, Charlie XCX, also sat out the show. Paul Rudd hosted, making this year's People's Sexiest Man Alive a five-time host, or as Keenan Thompson called him, a four-and-a-half-time host. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same amount of laughs, though, right? Yeah. So this is uh, this is what we're doing again. We're shutting everything down, and we're uh, not letting people into places. That's not going to be good for business. It's going to be good for anybody. A uh, longtime holiday tradition in New York has been uh, short-circuited by the Omicron variant of uh, the coronavirus. The annual Rockets Christmas show has been shelved for the rest of the season. Meanwhile, several Broadway shows have been shut down because members of their cast tested positive for COVID. La uh, last week, New York uh, State reported more than 21,000 cases of COVID have been reported, the highest single day since uh, testing became wildly available. What do Rockets do in their spare time? Stretch. A lot. They'd have to. How do you think they get their legs so high up in the air? I don't know. I uh, couldn't do it. 
YouTube TV is restoring access to Disney content. At, uh, this after the two media firms settled a dispute between them. During the outage, YouTube TV customers couldn't see shows on Disney-owned networks like ESPN, FX, National Geographic, and local ABC stations. After the beef was settled yesterday, YouTube apologized for the disruption and said it would provide a $15 credit to affected customers. Well, hey there. How about that? How about 15 bucks? Who's 15 bucks richer? You are now. YouTube kid. Yeah, that's who's making the money. YouTube kid. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pet food roundup underway. Donate to local animal shelters. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, I don't want to alarm anybody here, but this Omicron variant business is really rubbing me the wrong way. And that's mostly because it's getting in the way of me enjoying hockey this week. Over the weekend, the Bruins were forced to postpone games with Montreal on Saturday and with Ottawa on Sunday. And now, because everybody's catching this thing, the NFL has postponed the Bruins season until after Christmas. That winds up being four games on the schedule to be postponed, including tomorrow night's game against Carolina and Thursday's game against Colorado. Look, I can see one or two postponements, but four games in a row? That keeps the Bruins off the ice until Monday the 27th against Pittsburgh, and I just don't know if I'm capable of waiting that long. It's an outrage. It's also an outrage in Nashville. They're missing eight players due to positive tests. Detroit's been shut down until Christmas, too. Same thing with Colorado, Calgary, the Florida Panthers. In fact, not only were 12 games postponed over the weekend, the NHL has also suspended games that require cross-border travel until the Christmas break as well. So there's no going to Canada, and if you're already there, there's no coming back here. They've also imposed new restrictions on where players can go outside team facilities. Players are required to socially distance from other players. Plus, they'll be bringing back daily testing. Now, as I've said before, I don't know jack squat about infectious diseases other than the fact that I'd really not like not to get one. I do, however, know a little bit more about hockey. With all these players going down with COVID and being forced into 10-day quarantines, I must tell you, it's beginning to cramp my style. Thank goodness this isn't happening around the playoffs. Otherwise, we'd have a real problem on our hands. Yes, nobody likes being locked down. And if I'm going to have to be locked down for 10 days, I'd at least like to be able to watch a little bit of hockey while I wait around for a negative test. Or would that be asking too much? But hey, never my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You go, you want to paint a room lavender. What color should you paint the trim? It's a good question. Go see Nikki at the East Lawn Meadow Rockies. Nikki's good with colors and design ideas. Good people paint people like Nikki and rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 610 and Queen at Rock 102. It is going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 38. Tomorrow, uh, sunny with a high of 44. It's 18 right now in downtown Springfield. Scott Cohen will be joining us after 7 o'clock this morning. There's loads of stuff to talk with Scott Cohen about today. Yeah, well, coming from him, it's a big load of crap. No. You know what I'm saying. No, no, no. Got to sit uh, next to him uh, across from the... Uh, the Christmas party on Friday. We can talk about that a little bit later on today. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I was going to mention about the weather over the weekend. We were supposed to have this, you know, Class 3 kill storm, and uh, nothing happened. Not a bit. Nothing. And, I, you know, even Friday night, I'm texting uh, I'm texting Lapis, right? Why? Oh, for the weather? Well, yeah, because, <clears throat> uh, you know, here, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've had my girlfriend now for, like, you know, eight months, right? And, right. Uh, and I'm still trying to, like, impress her. 
So I'm like, and she's like, well, what do you think the weather's going to be like tomorrow? And I'm like, watch this. And I texted Brian Lapis, uh-huh. the Brian Lapis. Right. And within seconds, Brian Lapis gives me the forecast for the next day. And uh, she was impressed by that. Can I, can she I was, ask? She wasn't impressed at all by the fact that he was completely wrong in what he was saying. But she was impressed with the fact that you've got easy, immediate oh, access easy, to immediate, Brian Lapis? Uh, listen, it's, uh, it's not easy having a celebrity uh, everywhere you go, you know what I mean? Being with you. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah. I, I'm not uh, usually invited to these kind of uh, shindigs. Well, but, I'm just saying. But uh, but Brian answered right away. Huh? He answered right away. He hmm. uh, he told me, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually uh, read you his forecast because I'll show you how wrong he was. Uh, flurries by 7 a.m. So this would be Friday night. He's telling me. Okay. So he's talking about Saturday. Flurries by 7 a.m. Steady snow starts 10 to 12 p.m. Then goes into the evening. Guess what didn't happen? Any, any of, it. of that? <laughs> Can I, I? This is listen. I'm, this is not a, yeah. a criticism whatsoever. I think your girlfriend's a very nice lady. Yeah. Um, if if the if the most that she can be impressed with in your relationship yeah. is your friendship with Brian Lapis. Well, it's not just Brian Lapis. Uh, okay, and Barry. Barry, I can text Barry anytime. I anytime, want to. right? I get it, and 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 that's awesome. And and Barry texts me from time to time too. Uh, but if that's what she's taking away from this relationship, yeah, don't you think you might want to provide something more substantial than that? No, absolutely not. In what a re- do- in a romantic <laughs> relationship, what do I need more than uh, you know? Uh, t- Showing that I'm connected to all these famous people. No, I get that, but you know, most of the uh, most successful relationships yeah. in America have almost nothing to do with Brian Lapis. That's you don't what know I. That. That's, I <laughs> you're right. I don't, but I, I have to assume that around the country and around the world, Brian Lapis plays a minis- minuscule, if uh, even uh, remotely uh, existent part of those relationships. I think uh, Brian Lapis is like a love guru. He uh, keeps couples together all over the world. You just don't hear about him. <laughs> you're right. You just don't hear about how famous he is. I think you're right. I would be surprised to hear that. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of a flop, which was fine because I really didn't want to have to deal with any snow. But I also don't like that cold rain either. You know, and then this morning you wake up and it's like, uh, oh, let's take uh, 20 minutes to defrost the car because it's got ice all over it. Right. The hell was that all about? Couldn't roll the windows down. Brian didn't warn you about that. No, he didn't warn me about that. He didn't. He's not very useful when it comes to doing the thing that he's supposed to be useful for. You know, without using those exact words, yeah. that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, well, I just, I'll, I'll come out and say it. <laughs> he knows I don't hold nothing back. I don't hold any barbs back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to say it in a nice way. Yes, Brian is not very yeah. useful. Uh, but we did go uh, yesterday with the kids to the Hampshire Mall. Oh, to the uh, moving sale at Hanoush Jewelers? No, I, I couldn't go because uh, I was with kids. and You know, it just wasn't the, the right time. To no, go I, understand. I understand. But I, I, uh, I do plan on going there. Oh, I've been there before. Well, you know, they're moving across the street. Yeah, I know. Out of the mall. I know what they're doing. They're, and they're selling all the stuff. Well, they're selling all the stuff. At a discount price, but not to sound like your uh, crazy yeah, want, Eddie deal. Yeah, right? not like one of those crazy liquidator deals. No, which it's not. So we uh, we walk into we went to, we went to go to Pins uh, to play to do bowling. We we're uh, bowling at the it's Pins. It's at the arcade. Yeah, slash. yeah, yeah. And listen, Christmas time bowling. It's the, which, the stuff that memories are made of. Which really isn't like a traditional bowling alley. It, it is. It, it's like this modernized. 
Because at a, at a bowling alley, you'd like you'd have more options for weight, ball weights around the area. You sure. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is like they're all just there, there's maybe a dozen balls that and that's you can it. choose from. Yeah, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so so it was okay. I mean, it was it's a little pricey at that place, but that's another story. Listen, uh, can you afford not to go bowling? I yes. don't. I don't know if yes, the answer I, is yes to that. Actually, I could afford not to go bowling. I could afford to go play a game of wee wee bowling. Uh, at oh, home. there you go. That's fun. So we uh, we go into the Hampshire Mall, and uh, right in the middle, there's this guy in a red suit, just sitting there. I'm like that kind of looks like Santa Claus. But in no, the- come on. If Santa Claus was here, all these kids would be rushing around him like a. Big, uh, like paparazzi, uh, like a, like a big movie star. And he was in the food court. Well, it's it's in that little food court area oh. is where the Santa setup is. He wasn't like sitting alone and having no. a sabaro. And I and I and or I'm, an orange Julius. No, and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, there's nobody here. Like this is the. And I so I said I even <laughs> said. Uh, I even said uh, to the to the little elf running the photo uh, thing, I'm like, is it has it has it always been this busy? <laughs> she goes, Oh, it's been like this since 10 a.m. I'm like, I can imagine. Yeah, 10 a.m. three years ago, there was just nobody there. It was just so weird. And then we, you know, I said, Hey, kids, come on, let's get your picture taken with Santa. So we get the we get the picture taken with Santa. Perfect. No and, waiting. Uh, and Santa looks at me and goes. Hey, uh, is that sale still going on at the Hanoush down there? <laughs> I gotta get some Mrs. Claus, some estate jewelry. Santa sees everything he knows when you're being naughty and nice. Yeah, he wanted to pick up some estate jewelry for the wife. Sure, why not? Yeah. Like she doesn't get enough of that stuff all yeah. year long. <laughs> Listen, he was making toys all year, didn't have time to go shopping for every single year. But uh it was just kind of weird to to be in a place and see, you know, somebody I could see any other time of the year like a you know, a dead time of the year like mid-February, right? Right? When nobody's around. But Christmas season, you know, and I, there's nobody there, not one person. Remember when we were kids and you and you'd stand in line to to, to go talk to Santa mm-hmm. and get your picture taken. And sometimes that line could be like an hour. Yeah. Long, maybe more because you know some kids yeah. were you know, are you know, telling Santa every single thing they want as opposed to that, that one item that would have been, you know, it, it, kind of like an express, you know, Santa yeah, wish right. list thing. Well, you know, a couple of years ago, I took my kids to the uh, the Enfield Square. Yeah. And it was almost the same exact thing. You know, Target was busy. Uh, the Panera seemed to be uh, pretty full. People yeah. were going into the movies, but Santa Claus is kind of sitting there. Uh, Reading newspapers, yep. uh, you know, playing with his phone, probably candy crushing it because no one was there. No one was spending any time with Santa. He almost felt like, was is there something wrong with Santa? Is he, is he, uh, you know, is is he yeah. inappropriate in some way? And, I mean, you just you just never know. And you're right. There were other places there that were busy, like the 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 Target is, is there that was sure. busy. There was people there. There was people at the Interstate 91. Uh, roller skating. There's people at pins uh, mm-hmm. doing things there, but nobody was in the regular rest of the mall. It was weird. I had a uh, conversation uh, over the weekend with my wife, who uh, found out just a couple of days ago mm-hmm. that at one point that she's I, married to you. No, she's known since the very beginning. <laughs> that was not a, that, that, the surprise has gone on right. that one. 
uh, she uh, she heard that I had uh, put on the Santa suit a few times in my career. Uh huh. And there's a couple times where you know all I did was like you know I went on stage during a Christmas pageant, waved to all the young kids, and then you know, walked off the stage. But there was one time when I had a, I was an actual Santa, and the kids would hop aboard my lap and tell me what they wanted. Right. And she said, "You did that." I'm like, "Yeah." She says, "That's creepy." Why is that creepy? Well, I don't know why that's creepy. I was kind of asking the same thing. Well, why is that? Why is that creepy that I would do it as opposed to, you know, some drunk old man who's sitting in a in a, in a department store somewhere, right. you know, and uh, you know, and talking to kids back in the 1970s. You know, they weren't a whole lot of. There wasn't a whole lot of vetting of Santa Clauses back in the 1970s. I could tell you that. There's probably not a whole lot of vetting of Santa Clauses nowadays either. I don't know. I mean, you got to you still have to have the right kind of person to do that kind of job. Uh huh. I only did it once, and I said I don't think I ever want to do this again. Yeah. Something, something about uh, you know, just not really. Well, I I mean, I I can't be cheerful for for an extended period of time without without you know regular breaks. I did it once uh, for a party. Uh, because my, you know, my kids were were, were the elves uh-huh. because they know the real Santa. You know, these are all just the helpers that help out. You know, sure, the ones that are at the malls and the parties and stuff. So that's like, uh, you, I was not a good Santa. I was, I just wasn't. I just didn't have, uh, I don't know, that Santa jiggle. You know what I mean? You you didn't have the jiggle. No, like this guy in the Hampshire Mall yesterday. I mean, he looked like Santa Claus. I mean, he had the whole, you know, all the chops and everything. Right. Uh, but I didn't look like that. I got a goatee. I wear that cotton beard. I know. Plus, you had the the pumas on your feet and everything. Yeah. It's not really not real Christmassy. I'm like that drunken Santa in Home Alone, where he's like <laughs> pulling out Tic Tacs out of his pocket, going, "Here, put out your little paw there, and let me put you a Tic Tac." Hey, Winthorpe. Ah! Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so there you go. That yeah. was the uh, that was the weekend uh, winter wonderland getaway. That's gonna be like the most lonely job in the world now. What a mall Santa! I, I I couldn't believe that there was nobody there. Like that that was the thing that was getting. Like at least there would be you'd think maybe a dozen people in line. Yeah, know? no, no. But I, there was we walked right up. You know when I was when I was a kid, they used to make a huge deal of of Christmas they, in in the the city of Attleboro, which is a you know, small city, maybe fifty sixty thousand people. Mm-hmm. It had one department store. Uh, called London's, and London's was like right smack in the middle of of, of town, uh-huh. and Santa Claus was always at London's down in the in the basement of London's, right. and so you know, every kid around the Attleboro area would go down there and they'd spend a little time with Santa, and he'd give you a little lollipop and send you on your way upstairs right. to go see your folks. Anyway, they would do like a whole big thing, like there was a there was like a town square, almost like a like a almost like a rotary kind of thing, yeah, but more like a town square, kind of like what they have in uh, in Westfield. Oh, right, you know, like right, in the right. downtown. It's not yeah. really a rotary, but it's technically is. I it's suppose. like a half circle. Exactly. Yeah. So what they would do is they would bring Santa on a on a like a like a helicopter or something, and uh, he'd show up on the roof of this one store. Damn. And you'd have everybody in town, like on the on the the town square, all excited, and you know they're drinking hot cocoa on a on a hot. On a, on, a, on a cold winter's night, and everybody's sweating in their parka in anticipation yeah. of Santa. It was a big freaking deal, and every store had a different yeah. uh, you know, Christmas display. Well, now, uh, London's has been shut down. They don't do anything downtown uh, in, in Attleboro other than, you know, if there's someone on the roof, he's probably all 
hepped up on crank or a way to pick people a, off. Right. So probably yeah, he's he's probably on on meth. You know, you don't see anybody uh, congregating downtown like at a like it's like a, a any town USA like it used to be. And so that guy who spent his entire mm-hmm. career as the the Santa Claus at London's in downtown Attleboro, you know, what do you do when the place shuts down and nobody wants you as a Santa? You hang up the hat and you move on. That's what happens. What a depressing I know. change of 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 yeah. of, uh, of society we are in the middle of. It's like uh, it's like uh, it's it's like this business. Like you're just not on the air one day. All of a sudden, you're just not a Santa anymore. Yeah, like what happened to that one guy? Well, he went away. Yeah. Well, how long is he going to be gone for? January twenty second. What are, 22nd, what are all his medical <laughs> ailments, and could you please list them and all the medications that he takes on a daily basis? <laughs> what about the dosages? Yeah. Oh wow, those are the most important. It's six twenty four with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. You may have side effects after getting. It's six twenty seven with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Mostly sunny today with a high of thirty six. Tomorrow sunny with a high of forty four. It's seventeen right now in downtown Springfield. We're going to talk about uh, the Patriots losing on uh, on Saturday. We're going to talk about uh, COVID and how it's affecting hockey. And uh, I don't know if you saw any video over the weekend of uh, Tiger Woods and his son playing golf. No, I didn't see that. The kid's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be like the next Tiger Woods, but you're watching him play and you're thinking, huh, ain't that interesting. Very much like, uh, you know, Tiger's dad you know, brought uh, Tiger along. Now Tiger's bringing his son Charlie along and the kid's, uh, you know, knocking balls around like it's nobody's business. What is the day that uh, the kid does way better than Tiger? Is that the day you say, okay, well, we're hanging up the training now because you're much better than me? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's... Uh... I, I, I'll tell you what, you know, there was never any option for me to get into my dad's business. You know, you couldn't just become a, you know, a mental health professional like, you know, overnight. I mean, you need, there needed to be training. You know, you can, you could pick up a golf club. You know, maybe you could, uh, you know, help your dad working at his uh, yeah. place of business at the, at the, uh, at the liquor store. You but, pay, you pay a lot of attention to what your dad did for work. Sometimes. Yeah. Did you read all those papers? Did you did he violate HIPAA laws by you reading through patients' no, uh, no, records? No. Well, you know, uh, privacy laws were different back then, but I, I, I did read diagnostic manuals in my spare time. I was from the days of no privacy laws. <laughs> we didn't have those back then. We didn't. Uh, hey, let's laugh. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. You ever have alcoholic beer? Or, <laughs> not, or I'm sorry, non-alcoholic beer? Most of the beer I've had has had alcohol in it, but have I have... You- I, I, yes, I have tried it. Non-alcoholic beer, right? Yes. It's kind of like using a vibrator with no batteries. Sure, it fills you up with, with none of the buzz. Ah, you get it? The truth, no buzz. you're not getting a buzz from the no beer, buzz. and you're not getting a buzz from the thing with no batteries, I get and you it. can't do the fiddling with the man in the canoe, yeah, if you know what no, I'm saying. I understand you perfectly fine. to the Smurfs. I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Booyah! Bax and O'Brien. On Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. This necklace. 632. We're back since uh, on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Villa Napolitana. Celebrate the holidays at Villa Napolitana. Open Christmas Eve 
and New Year's Eve. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A drag racing incident has led to multiple people being treated for injuries in West Springfield. According to a statement issued by the West Springfield Fire Department, vehicles drag racing led to a car crashing into the corner of a building. The people inside the car were treated for injuries at the crash site and were taken to a local hospital for additional treatment. No additional information has been released, and uh, 22 News says they'll update you, but I don't know about that. Because this kind of happened yesterday. Did they say, uh, what street? No, and here's the thing. I, it says on 22, you know, photos, and then it has the headline next to it. So you would think that when you clicked on the story, you would get the photos of the incident. There's not even photos there. Not even photos. So you can't even guess where it's where this happened. No, this is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it would be nice this. to know like, exactly where this is happening. It's in West Springfield, and that's all you need to know, Bex. Well, West Springfield's a fairly large city, and uh, you know there are lots of places where you could think, all right, well, maybe drag racing would happen on this street. I would like to know what streets those are. Uh, yeah. Is that asking too much? No, that's not asking too much. I don't think it's asking too much. Apparently it is too much. Two Vermont residents were arrested in Franklin County after a traffic stop that ended with troopers finding a large amount of drugs inside the vehicle. At approximately 2 a.m. Sunday, state troopers were patrolling I-91 in Greenfield and saw a blue Toyota sedan entering a construction zone while traveling approximately 70 miles an hour. After stopping the car, the troopers approached it and identified the driver as 28-year-old Victoria Thompson of Cavendish, Vermont, and an unknown 31-year-old man. According to state police, while speaking to them, Trooper Scott uh, Brutel uh, saw an illegally possessed firework in the back seat, and Trooper Daniel Carmody returned to the cruiser to do an electronic inquiry of the people in the car. He ran the plate. The electronic <laughs> inquiry. Why don't they just say that? I have no idea. Trooper Carmody discovered that Thompson's license was uh, invalid and removed her from the vehicle and placed her under arrest. The unknown man was removed the car for it to be towed. While doing a required inventory of the vehicle's contents before it was towed, troopers found a large amount of narcotics along with a small amount of uh, substance suspected to be crystal methamphetamine. A follow-up search of the trunk was done and a large amount of individually packaged baggies of substance suspected to be heroin was found. Now think about this for a second because as you're telling me this story, I can only focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. Uh, there are two people in the car. Yes. You got this woman uh-huh. and the unidentified 31-year-old man. Right. And yet... Uh, somewhere in the the pre-planning stages of this uh, cross-border trip, they both felt that the woman here mm-hmm. was the better choice to drive the car. Uh, I know, I see where you're getting at. I, this isn't a sexist thing. This is like, if you're both capable of driving the car, why did you choose her, who doesn't have a license, who didn't think about maybe hiding the the fireworks? Or, well, or anything else in the car. Well, I don't think he had a license either because uh, the passenger was placed under arrest after the discovery of the drugs. He initially gave a false name and date of birth to the troopers, but was eventually identified as Marshal Gagne of Springfield, Vermont. You know, I'm really starting to think that those on the, uh, the distribution level of illegal narcotics and guns or what have you, yeah. what have you are not really that high up on the, uh, on the scale in the food chain of this business. No, probably not. Where I, whereas I, if I were, if I, let's say I were uh, the head of a cartel, you know, I would want to make sure that I'm hiring the right people all the time, including those with spotless driving records that are not going to get pulled over driving 70 in a construction zone. 
Is that asking too much? No, I don't think it's. Asking I don't think that. that I mean, as a as a drug kingpin, I want to make sure that everybody in the operation is working for me here. That's a that's a job that either neither you nor I would be able to do. Drug kingpin. Yeah, that's like one of those careers that we were just we're not cut out for. You don't think so? I wouldn't be able to do that job, would you? Look at all the the gruff you got to get from uh, your henchmen. <laughs> you know, yeah, all I know, the, I know. All the logistics. You got payroll on Thursdays. Uh, you got uh, W-2s to fill out, 1099s no, I get for the it. ones that don't work for I you. I get it. But I keep thinking of, like, Breaking yeah. Bad and uh, and uh, Gus. Yeah. You know, who was, you know, I mean, he was obviously working you know, for the larger cartel, but he had his business. But, you know, he was also, uh, he also had a chicken restaurant. I... And I, you know, I could at the very least run a chicken restaurant. Well, anybody could run a chicken restaurant and use that to wash money for my for my drug activities. There you go. You, I think you got it all figured out. How difficult could it be? Uh, I was watching a video on because uh, you know Reddit's my favorite place to be on the internet now. Right. Uh, I was watching this video of these like two guys trying to escape from the cops, and uh, they were like they were drug addicts or whatever you know, they, or they were trying to sell drugs or something. And then uh, one of the one of the men got shot by the police. Okay. Right. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this guy's got to be dead. He wasn't dead. But he's – it's amazing what the human body can survive, isn't it? Sometimes. So they show a picture of this guy with his jaw blown flat off, but he was still alive. Wow. Like sitting up in a gurney at a hospital, right? And I'm thinking, man, like uh, that's the way you want to go out? Well, you know, the guy's not going to talk. No, but I think like, you know, when you're in a standoff police situation, you probably want to go out like Pablo Escobar. You know what I mean? Like, you just want to <laughs> well, get blown to pieces right away. Because uh, yeah, if you're going to die for something, you might as well uh, you might as well just go right, you go out because you're not going to want to be in jail for the rest of your life. I suppose. You might as well uh, try to try to fight the good fight. But you survive something like that, now you're screwed. Yeah, forget about prison. You have no jaw. <laughs> you can't even talk. Yeah. Everything from the rest of your life is going to be fed out of a tube. True, yeah. but on the other hand, if you're in prison, maybe not having a jaw is a good thing. I see where you're going with that. You know, because first of all, you're never going to talk. Secondly, you know, certain things you're not really going to be able to do in prison. Yes. Am I making myself clear? But you have other <laughs> other places where people could have fun with you. You know what I'm saying? But I'll never tell anybody yeah. anybody about it. Uh, porch pirates who stole from YouTube creator Mark Rober were met with an explosion of glitter and foul-smelling spray upon opening what appeared to be an Apple HomePod. I love these videos. Oh, yeah. This guy, because he knows that the police don't have the time to go searching for every porch pirate out there. So this guy said, uh, I'm sick of this. I've had enough of this. I'm going to start packaging these elaborate, like, they're cameras. There's cameras all over this thing. And it's, uh, it's got fart spray and glitter in it. So when the person finally opens up the package, glitter goes everywhere. Your whole room stinks. Yeah. It's I like hilarious. that idea. That's great. For years, videos of uh, bait packages similar to uh, this one that they're showing in the story have garnered millions of views as thieves hoping to find something valuable instead of instead encounter a burst of powder or packing peanuts. The bait package featured in Rober's latest video posted Friday is the result of careful engineering and four years of work. It shows people in their cars and homes confused and panic at the cloud of glitter, 
blaring car horn noise and flashing police lights. Four cell phones and an onboard microphone capture the ports pirates as they steal the package. They also record the thieves' reactions and automatically upload the footage to a storage cloud. <laughs> so you can't get rid of it. It's not like you, you destroy the device. It doesn't matter because the footage has already gone to a storage cloud. That's awesome. Uh, not everyone takes the bait, however. Rover placed some of the packages near uh, shared mailboxes and found that people more often left the parcels alone or took them in for their neighbors. Either people are getting more honest or perhaps, I don't know, it's the devastating power of glitter that's encouraging the more civil behavior, Robert Rober says in the video. Well, you ever try to get glitter off of you? Oh, it's hard. Very difficult. Yeah, glitter is like the herpes of the arts and crafts world. It like never just goes when with... you think it's gone, you find another piece. <laughs> it it yeah. never goes away, and nearly everybody's got it. Yeah, that's right. Hey, it's on the floor of your house, too, in the corner. Jokes aside, uh, three out of four Americans have fallen victim to package theft in their lifetime. Have you ever had a package stolen from your front door? No, I actually haven't. I'm knock on wood. I've never had that happen to me. Before. But see, but that, but that's why I, I, for years, I've been having packages sent here. Yeah, because at least there's somebody there, and if there's nobody there, they don't leave the package. They take it away, deliver next day. Right. They could just break the window and get in here and grab it for you. Well, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. As long as it hasn't been taken off the front door. You can break in all you want. Sure. The rest of the I stuff. don't care. Uh, revenge is a dish best served fabulously, he says. These I are... thought it was the best served cold. No, because fabulously, because he's got all the glitter and everything. Oh, and Ted, sure. Did you ever see those videos, though, where the people open the box? And uh, glitter explodes? And yeah, and they're great. freaking out because they think it's like a like a real bomb, like a real like explosive yeah, right. bomb. And it turns out to be the glitter bomb. Man, that's so funny. It's hilarious. But then again, you know, you get glitter in your eyes and everywhere. You know, if you got like a face full of glitter and you. you know, glitter you, in my eye, glitter in the sky. That's a Dua Lipa song, by the way. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, you got glitter all over you. Now you're going to think that you weren't just, you know, decorating a tree. Now people are thinking that you, you were stealing packages off of from uh, people's front porches. Yeah. So now, so now all of a sudden gl being loaded with glitter. Isn't such a good thing. You know how many women like uh, like wear makeup with glitter all over their faces? Oh yeah. I don't know if I can trust a woman who's got glitter all over her face. How do I know she's not stealing packages? Yeah, I don't know if it's about stealing packages. You see a chick with glitter on your face, that's the one you want to go home with. <laughs> Starting to think no. I don't know about that. You you said glitter stays everywhere. Yeah, but then her glitter gets yeah. on you. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I want that. Two monkeys have been captured by authorities in India after they killed around 250 dogs in revenge attacks following the death of a baby monkey. Jesus. This is a real story, by the way. Officials with the Forest Department of the Bead District of Mashatarata State said the monkeys were trapped on Sunday and released in their natural habitat. Two monkeys involved in the killing of many puppies have been captured in the forest uh, Nagpur Forest Department team in Bead. Uh, Sabid Forest officer told India's news agency. This, the monkeys were transported to a forest near Nag Nagpur where they were released. <laughs> uh, Mashra, two, two monkeys involved in killing a many puppies captured and they're released into the wild. 250 puppies. That's crazy. These are angry puppies. I mean, these are angry monkeys. Uh, Rashtakan Sawain from the local village told the website the attacks have been happening for three months with the two monkeys taking away puppies and placing them on roofs or other places high up. At such heights, the pu puppies don't get any food or water, hence they died naturally many times. 
That's awful. Look at what that one monkey did to Charlotte Nash's face. That's one angry monkey. That was a chimpanzee, though. It's still a, bigger... a monkey. You had, you had a, like a whole you know rogue gang of street walking monkeys, and set them free. The yeah. uh, like a, like in a turf war situation. They, they there's problems. I'd, I'd I'd keep your dogs in your house, folks. Uh, they take care of the puppies. They used to keep the puppies on roofs or tall trees. The puppies couldn't survive at such places as they couldn't get food or water. If a puppy escaped from the two monkeys, it uh, used to it used to die after falling from a height. Oh my God, that's an awful thought. Terrible. To think, watching puppies just fall out of the trees. They're not meant to go up trees. No, man, what a great story to start you all off on a um, on a Whew. Monday morning. And just days before Christmas. And just five, four days, five days, six. Well, how many days before Christmas? That's five the, days. It's the twentieth. Yeah. yeah. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, cold but sunny, high of 36. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 44. It's 17 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. It's 710. Back to Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be uh, mostly sunny today and cold, though, with a high of only 36. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 44. It's 17 right now in downtown Springfield. Might want to pull out your dead cats. There's going to be some phonies uh, walking into this room. Scott Cohen, it's uh, great to see you. It's good to see you, too, Bex, and thank you for that. I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, yeah, no, believe me. If uh, there's going to be a phony in this room, it's now going to be you. It's me. Hello. It's, it's all you. Hello. So uh, where do we begin? Let's 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 begin with the, the Patriots Mike, here for a Michael minute. Michael Pittman Jr. Okay, we could talk about him too. We ejected after uh, the brawl during the game. I was actually going to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> I'm just trying to throw some stuff into you. No, I appreciate it. Now I want I want to talk about the Patriots and, and the significance of losing this game. Sure. Because and, and you know, we talked to Zolak last week, and we talked uh, you and I talked about it last week. You know, yes, you've you've now stopped a, a seven-game winning streak. But even in the worst-case scenario, this loss doesn't really mean that much because of the the conference schedule record that the Patriots have. It's still better than anybody else in the league. So if it comes to a tiebreaker, the Patriots could still land a home field advantage. Yep. They, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not going to get they're not going to get overall home field advantage. They're not. Kansas City's the the Chiefs are back, so you know let's not even let's not even allow ourselves the um, uh, to go there. The loss to Indianapolis, as you said, has nothing to do. The Patriots still have their their destiny in their own hands. It's if they if they beat Buffalo next week, they're home. They're home for the next two games. They got Buffalo, Jacksonville, and Miami, to, yep. and they play on the road at Miami to finish up. If they they have to beat Buffalo, whether they won or lost the game against Indianapolis, they had to beat Buffalo. They've got to win the division, and if they do that, they get a home game um, in at Gillette in the playoffs. Right. The AFC is going through. Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City and what the Patriots need to make sure they don't do is they don't have to play three games on the road to go ahead and get through that. But That's with, the thing. But with three weeks left, Kansas City has got uh, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Broncos. It's not exactly a cakewalk. It's not. It's, it's, it's actually harder for them 
than it is the Patriots. And if you look at you know the conference schedule record of those two teams, and I'm talking about the Chiefs and Patriots, the Patriots are seven and two in the conference, and uh, Kansas City is five and four. That's fine. So you know, even if it comes yep. down to the Absolutely. final week, you're in a statistical tie. No question about it. It's the Patriots who got to get home field advantage. Yep, there's no question about that. I'm you know, and and I and and I appreciate your optimism, and I think Patriots fans appreciate uh, that. As well. Well, my optimism is based on the fact that, no, that, you're, that I'm talking that, numbers here, young well, man. Well, yes, but you know, Buffalo is a shell of what it was earlier in the season. Okay, that's fine. You're talking about Jacksonville, yep. which is awful and is a team in disarray. They and are. Will, and will be in disarray for the remainder of the season. Right. And then you've got Miami, who isn't very good either. So, you know, now, you know, to me, these next three games are all winnable games for the Patriots. Yep. And I really believe they may win out. Okay. Well, and, and, let and, me. Can I? Can I flip, flip the script here momentarily? Absolutely for you? not. Just to kind of, you know, no, you, I've made my statement. That's we, it. We on your fire. Um, <laughs> Buffalo looked pretty darn good to me yesterday. Uh, number one, uh, Jacksonville is going to um, every game they play. They're they're going to get better. All right. So they're gonna they're gonna turn in a, an impressive performance eventually. Miami. How many they've won? Five, six in a row? Uh, and they looked awfully good yesterday. And Miami has that game at home to finish things up. And historically, that has been an Achilles heel for the Patriots. So I'm not going to sit there and tell you that I don't think. Uh, I. What are the Patriots going to go in the next three weeks? Two and one? Maybe two and one? You think they're going to go three and zero? I actually think they're going to go three. All right, and that's fine. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wager on it because I, yep. I, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very cheap. Yes. And on the other side of the thing, I'll go back to what I said earlier. The Chiefs are back. They're, they're playing great football. The AFC goes through Arrowhead. The last, the, the last a, uh, the championship game will be played at Arrowhead Stadium. Hard to believe uh, Tom Brady got shut out for oh like the first gosh, time since yeah. 2009. Talk about a laying an egg. I know, but but you know it, it's remarkable that you know and you, you don't you don't ever put it all on one on one guy. Sure you do. Uh, well, yeah, but there's there's other when factors. you don't when you don't score any points, you put it on one guy. You're if you're Tom Brady and you're playing with with the eyes of the country watching you, you don't get shut out. Uh, Against uh, the New Orleans Saints, you that does. I'm I'm sorry, you don't do that. But the, you know, to me, what's interesting is is the fact that he has not been shut out for that many years. Yeah, I mean it's it's a dozen years or more that he's always posted up something. Yep. And the Buccaneers got shut out. They got shut out. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, can uh, can, I, can we take it just step back and talk a little bit more about the Patriots for a moment? Sure. I uh, you know I think um, everybody was obviously disappointed with that with that game on Saturday. Uh, not the end of the world. Uh, Indianapolis was seven and six coming into that. Mm-hmm. Their playoff hopes were on the line. They're playing at home, and you know, aside, you know, look, Mac Jones had had his rookie mistakes. He threw a couple of interceptions. We'll allow that. The Patriots were not going to run the table. They weren't going to win ten games in a row. But you take away those interceptions, and, and he the, actually has a pretty solid. Game. He had he a almost- solid game. And the block punt, which you know is that I guess stuff like that happens. No, they they played pretty well uh, on Saturday. Just you know, they were down twenty nothing, and and everybody thought they looked like crap. Yeah. They played all right. They played. Um, they played all right. They but, played and, all right. But I mentioned this last week. The one player that that uh, that I most worried about in Indianapolis, one of doing exactly what I expected him to do, and that was. Jonathan Taylor. That guy is 
the, the running back is just uh, is just fantastic. Yeah, and you and you know, and that's that's the other that's really the whole uh, a point of of that game is you're playing a very very good football team that had everything on the line playing at home on national TV. There's um there's no shame in what happened to New England on Saturday night. You and I were talking off the air about uh, Tiger Woods and his son. That was so great. That was scary. That was bizarre. It was so great. I mean, you I remember years and years ago. Remember the TV show uh, Real People? Sure. Okay. Tiger Woods, Fran Tarkington in his most trying Sarah, role, Sarah Purcell, yeah. John Barber, Skip uh, Stevenson. Oh, yeah. I could go on. Uh. <laughs> but Tiger Woods and his father are on one episode yeah. of Real People, and yep. at the time, Tiger Woods was like two, three years old. Yep. And even that uh, that uh, documentary they had last year about Tiger, they even showed Tiger doing chip shots, yeah. and landing them at three at three years old. Any golf fan or, or Tiger Woods fan knows what exactly can what I'm picture talking what about. you're talking about. Exactly. So here's Tiger's kid. He's 12 years old. He's playing on national television, and the kid's draining shots all over the place. And it, it, you know, it's like it's so reminiscent of, you know, Earl Woods, you know, coaching his son, and now you've got Tiger, who you know is never going to come back to play at the level nope. that he was at, and even he admits that. Yep. Now coaching his kid, and you're, and all of a sudden you're at 12 years old, where. In, in a matter of a, a single weekend, we're elevating this kid to the second coming of his father. Listen, he's at this point, he's head and shoulders above where Tiger Woods was uh, at that point. Tiger Woods, as a, as a 12-year-old, was not playing golf on national TV the way Charlie was yesterday. Funny meme that went around on Friday. It showed uh, it showed like a, a really attractive uh, woman saying, uh, "Hey, uh, do you want to come over? My parents are are uh, gone for the weekend." And the guy said, "No, I have to watch a twelve-year-old boy play golf." <laughs> Everybody I know was talking about uh, a twelve-year-old boy playing yeah. golf over the weekend. Cra- and, and crazy. The, and the kid was playing fantastic. He was. That's, you know, that's the thing that that uh, all the swagger in the world. Yep. He's a good good-looking kid. Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and you know what else was good to see John Daly and his son win the thing. Yeah, and well, they had the most amount of booze in the cart. They <laughs> <laughs> did. Do you know? Do you know the significance of um of the of uh, John Daly's beard? Uh, no. I guess he's got some. He's got cancer of some sort, and he said he's not going to uh, trim his beard until. Um, until he's cancer free. No kidding. So wow. he says he doesn't care how long the beard gets. So that's what's going on with that. So he's fighting it. Uh, we talked uh, also off the air about uh, about COVID, how it's affecting. I mean, it's it's affecting sports everything all, now, all over the place. The NHL is having a real problem. Bruins are shut down. They're shut down until after Christmas. They're not the only team doing it. Uh, they the 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 league has shut down cross border travel until after christmas yep. uh the nba has had their problems the nfl has certainly had their problems the nba is going to start bringing uh, replacement players in yep and uh, and it looks like regular testing like daily testing is going to have to come back right for them to uh, to even consider playing games at this point um yeah the uh, i think what happened with the bruins at i you know calgary was the first club that they that shut down their operations and the bruins played the flames uh, in a in a west coast swing before they came back east so yeah and uh, major division one college uh, basketball games are getting canceled i think the celtics have like five players who um are positive right now and there's, and there's a handful of staff members too um 
Dude, we are we're we are back in it, uh, uh, gangbusters right yeah. now, and it's just the beginning. It's uh, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. Yeah, have a great uh, yeah, have a great, great holiday. Great yeah. conversation. Right? Yeah, yeah, Steve, thanks very much for uh, for joining us here. Hey, uh, I was going to tell you how the Pittsburgh Steelers are the Patriots' biggest ally, but nobody wanted to listen to me. No, go ahead. well, I'm listen. You can tell that story off the air. I'm oh, sure it's, it's very late. interesting. Seven twenty-one. Sorry. <laughs> I could swing a dead cat and hit a Scott Cohen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, we'll talk to you soon. You bet. It's 722 when Rock 102. Happy holidays from the Weinzig family to yours. 732 with Bax and and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. Now offering 40% off installation, plus you get a free glass shower door while supplies last. Call Yankee Home right now and tell them that you heard it. On Rock 102, his local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Still no update on this. Uh, well, thank you, Bax, by the way. I meant to say thank it's you. It's quite all right. You don't, uh, you don't have to thank me. No, nah, I was just uh, you know, going into the news because it's, uh, it's so uh, hard-hitting. The uh, <laughs> West Springfield drag racing incident. Yes. That happened, I believe, yesterday. Uh, drag racing incident has led to uh, multiple people being treated for injuries in West Springfield. There's no pictures of this thing, but apparently they crashed into the Avis rental car building. To return the vehicle? No, I don't think to return the vehicle. I think they just crashed into the building. According did to did state, they at least fill up the tank before they dropped it off? Uh, no, they did not. That's where they're going to get charged mm. for big time for Because it's like $5 a gallon when you let them do it if you didn't prepay for it. Ooh, damn. Uh, according to a statement issued by the West Springfield Fire Department, vehicles drag racing led to a car crashing into a corner of a building. The people inside the car were treated for injuries at the crash site, and they were taken, then taken to a local hospital for additional treatment. The crash happened on Riverdale Street near the West Springfield Holyoke line. Uh, clearly, there's one picture of this car crashed into the corner of the building. The building is destroyed on that side, mm-hmm. at least, and it's the, uh, the Avis Budget rental car building. So last hour, when we were talking about having no details, now we've got more details. Oh, yeah. Now the pictures have loaded. Ooh, that's a nasty. Ooh, that thing went right in the... Ooh, that's going to be... Our insurance rates are going to go up. Where are you seeing that, by the way? 22 News. 22 News. Yeah. Top trending story. Uh, Top trending story? All right, so you go on uh, 22. Ah, got right? it. You got I've it? Got, yes. All right, now I've got go, it. Now you can go to see the pictures. Okay. Oh, so snap. That's going to, you, you're going to have to do more than buff that out. Isn't that something else? That's is that one. a, uh, what kind of car is that? Uh, it's not a Beamer, is it? I don't think so. It didn't look like a Beamer. I was going to say. It looked like a Toyota. It's a maybe Toyota. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I'm just because uh, uh, you know Toyotas, BMWs. They all yeah, they're interchangeable. Man, there's a there's a great picture of uh, of the car actually like, right that, through all the bricks. Uh, that is a BMW, by the way. It, that's what I thought. Yeah, I can. I'm looking closer at the picture. It is definitely a BMW. Wow. I'll be damn. You you would think you'd drive a little bit safer with a BMW. You know, I uh, every once in a while I uh, can overhear conversations next door here at the uh, the the import auto shop because they fix a lot of these things. Sure. The, the, you know the German cars, the mm-hmm. all those things. Uh, I heard the one guy telling it's going to take you know months sometimes for parts. You know, think how long this is going to take. To fix. Oh, I know. With COVID, I know. That's the you know, that's the well, uh, 
That's the problem with some of your foreign jobs. Listen, by the time your jail sentence is over, your car will be out of the shop. <laughs> well, good for you. Well, you got to think of it that way. All right, well, if I'm going to spend this amount of time in jail, at least my car will be done when it's uh, when it's over. Y- you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll keep an eye on it. Massachusetts is beginning a pilot program to allow buses to drive on the shoulder of I-93 during specific times. Our long national nightmare is over. Steve, I-93 doesn't run anywhere near here. Well, I know, but uh, it was the top story on Mass Live. Don't you want to know about the buses driving in the shoulder? uh, Authorized bus drivers using I-93 between I-95 and Woburn. And the high-capacity vehicle lane entrance in Somerville can drive on the highway shoulders during the week when traffic is traveling below 35 miles an hour. Oh, it's kind of like speed. The, the, yes. With, that movie with the bus was speeding all around the city. Yeah. Speeding well, up and down and trying to avoid injury. And uh, What was the name it, of that film? It, I think it was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. <laughs> That's what it was. Why is that still funny? After I don't know years? why. It's the same. It's the still same funny. Yeah. Uh, so if the, if the speed falls below 35 miles an hour, the bus can blow up the fast lane. It's very Keanu Reeves and uh, what the hell was her name? Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Never really cared for her. Really? Yeah. I didn't like her acting. Oh, I have no problem with her I at all. I have very unpopular opinions. You know, I uh, talked about how much I hated Sex in the City the other day and these... Uh, these two gals upstairs really? giving me a guff. Don't yeah. you ever say anything horrible about sex in the city ever again. Well, I noticed they didn't say anything to me on Friday because I I said that the uh, we you know we lasted probably no more than like uh, thirty eight seconds of the uh, of the new uh, f- the, the of the of the new uh, first episode. Yeah, it was just awful. Yeah, that was I, it. I don't know, maybe because you gave it a chance. <sighs> I'll never give Sarah Jessica Parker a chance. Yeah, unless she's uh, well, like I got three to one odds yeah, at the Biblico. She, yeah. <laughs> when it's when it's raining outside, she's so much better. Oh yeah, she's much better in the slop. Yeah. When she's going to that bridal shop, it means a completely different thing. Completely different. How thing. many episodes have you seen? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nay, once. Anyway, uh, there you go. But the, uh, bus, the bus is on the shoulders. Who cares about that? You know, I, it's like the it's the week of Christmas. Festivus is Thursday. Oh, you're, you're right. You're and I'm off. Gonna, and you're not going to be here for it. Nah, I'm not gonna be able to cel- well, that's why I'm taking it off. I'm going to uh, celebrate uh, my own uh, personal holidays. You're going to celebrate your own Festivus? That's it. With your poll? Do you have the poll? I got a poll. I'm ready for my airing of grievances. Got a lot st- of problems with you people. Do we still have the poll upstairs? I don't uh, no. I think the poll has been moved. Yes, yeah, we had it in our office. Had very good uh, strength to weight ratio, but uh, I don't think we have the poll anymore. That's unfortunate because uh, I wanted to set that up. If we're celebrating holidays though around here with the Christmas lights and the menorahs, right? We can do the Festivus poll. Actually, I mean, it's, the, the, the poll may still be in the building. It's just not in our office, well, so yeah. you'll have to ask around. We'll have to find it. A uh, 41-year-old Canton man has been arrested after police say he brought a handgun to a Worcester high school while in search of a student who was having issues with his daughter. Jerome Weeks was arrested Friday and is charged with carrying a firearm on campus. Uh, On Wednesday, Weeks was seen with a handgun inside his vehicle, which was parked outside the Doherty uh, Memorial High School. 
Uh, Weeks went into the building with his daughter after school was di- after school was dismissed. The man had an object in the front pocket of his sweatshirt that appeared to be a handgun. The father and daughter walked to a specific classroom and looked around and then searched hallways and corridors. After a short period of time, they both left the building without incident. A Worcester police officer conducted interviews with witnesses and gathered video evidence, which led uh, to probable cause to seek an arrest warrant for Weeks. Worcester's, uh, Worcester officers contacted the Canton Police Department regarding the warrant, and Canton officers located him and arrested him. You said something bad about my daughter? I'm coming to your school, and I'm going to blow your head off. That's probably not the best course of action. <laughs> Schools tend to look down at that kind of thing. Well, you know, I mean, I guess I, I can see if you have a beef with somebody that uh, you want to take it out on them. But do you think that the school is the best place to be taking that out on, knowing that there's surveillance cameras everywhere? I don't think. Th- see, that's the problem. There's surveillance cameras everywhere you go. So, you know, the school would be one of the many bad choices you can make here. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, you, the bus for Springfield school kids today might be late because there's a report of an ex- uh, report of a shortage of bus drivers today. Uh, uh, calling in sick, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they, uh, they're going to call the National Guard in for that? I don't think so. According to the Springfield Public Schools, the buses will stop at every stop, and these delays will impact students all throughout the district. So there you go. I just wanted to let you know that. These are crazy times. That's why we're talking to Dr. Kenton tomorrow. That's right. Parents have expressed concerns over the closure of the Curtis Blake Day School in Springfield. Parents told Western Mass News they've been calling and emailing state reps hoping to get, uh, save Curtis Blake Day School. Now they're hoping an organization steps up to take it over. Uh, Catherine York, a parent, said parents are in a very vulnerable state right now, and it's very scary. Uncertainty is in the air for parents of that day school after the school officials announced the school is closing its doors on January 14th, due in part, they say, to pandemic-related staffing shortages. Uh, we talked to a couple of parents here on Friday uh, that yeah. attended the Curtis Blake School, and there's really nothing that can be done, apparently. But they are hoping that another organization steps in and says, we'll keep this open. Well, the, the problem here is is that you have to place all these kids. Now, it's a small school, but, it's, but you have to place all these kids in schools elsewhere. And a lot of these other, the other schools in the area do not have the facilities or the resources to accommodate the needs of these you know specific kids all these kids have got you know IEPs and and and, and special uh, accommodations and considerations and a lot of schools are not really set up for that that's why those ki- those families have chosen to send their kids to uh, to Curtis Blake right and then to be told you have 30 days to find someplace else to go yeah, good luck to you. After it's taken you years to figure out, well, where do I send my kids now? Now you got thirty days to do it all over again. That's a it's a tough spot. I I, I feel really bad for these for these uh, families. A uh, mother is facing charges after leaving her four young children unsupervised at home while she went to drink at a bar. Was that wrong? Should I have not known that? Well, how, what are the ages of the kids? Uh, eight years old, five years old, and nine months old. All right, so together, that's about uh, 14 oh, years old, right? Her oldest child, who was nine, said she was in charge of her three younger siblings. 
What's wrong with that? You can leave a nine-year-old in charge of a whole f- classroom yeah. of kids if you really wanted to. Well, maybe the maybe the nine-month-old. Maybe that's where she ran into trouble. Okay. Anyway, according to a report from the Oklahoma City Police Department, uh, Para Aguilar told officers she had been drinking uh, alcohol at a bar where she worked, and it was a normal occurrence. Slurring her words when she spoke, Aguilar told police uh, she does this all the time. And I have, I've been in trouble for neglecting children before. She's actually said that to the cops. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's not, really helping you out with your, in your defense. Yeah, not that they wouldn't have found out that she had trouble with the law before, but uh, still. Responding mm. officers noted there was no heat in the house when the outside temperature was about 35 degrees. According to police, Aguilar was charged for driving under the influence and for driving with a suspended license. The children are now with another family member. Ah, uh, yeah. Sounds like mom's got a little bit of uh, work to do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it was a regular occurrence and the kids seemed okay with it. No, Steve, I don't believe that's. Uh, I don't believe that's exactly what they're talking about. Oh come on, come on! What's the difference? Right. <laughs> well, I'm. I'm pretty sure that if you're going to be a parent, you're not spending all day in Listen, the bar. How are these kids supposed to learn independence if you don't leave them on their own? Well, they can learn independence, but and how, the to, nine, deal with, and how to deal with a drunk. But at nine months old, and you're being uh, left in the hands of a nine-year-old, that's a, you're still a little bit young to know a whole hell of a lot about responsibility. Yeah, I guess so. I it's mean, responsibility for others. Yeah, it's like uh, you gotta. It's a lot to ask. There is a resolution in the case of the Wilton, New York man arrested for placing a large penis sculpture on his front lawn. Uh, Jamie Gagney. It's probably Gagne, but... Yeah, they're going to say Gagney. Uh, carved a seven-foot statue of a pine tree and placed it in the front yard of his Ruggles Road home in protest of town code enforcement, who had ticketed him over plans for his under-construction workshop. The sculpture stayed up for several days in June of 2020 until state police showed up made Gagney take it down and arrested him for publicly displaying offensive sexual material. Uh, the local news station out of Albany has learned that uh, the charge has been adjourned in contemplation of dismissal, which means it will be dropped if Gagney doesn't have another dispute with the town. District Attorney Karen Hagen says the ACOD was contingent on Gagney taking care of the code issues and agreeing to keep the statue out of view of the public road. Uh, the Wilton Woody saga finally reached its unexciting conclusion after a year and a half of nonsense. So it's not the outcome he was hoping for, but it's the best outcome they could get. Uh, they got a picture of the guy on uh, yeah. one website where it says castrated by straight state police, 6-8-2020. Yeah. WiltonWoody.com. You know, it's funny because the local news station uh, from Albany, the local NBC affiliate there, Yep. has a picture of it, but they've blurred out the top of the wood. Like, oh, my God, we can't show this on TV. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm trying to. Uh, oh, it, so now, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm looking on his website. Yeah. Okay, so it it looks like a like a penis and there's this there's, there's, you know, it looks like there's two rocks in the bottom. It's not. Uh, it's not so offensive that uh, it would cause all this hubbub. Nah, I think people are just uh, a little getting a little too upset over seeing a big penis in the middle. This of the front guy lawn. does actually quite a lot of woodworking. That's not a penis. That's a mushroom tree. Are you looking at it? I am looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. No. It's. I mean. It's. I think. Yeah. You know, when you and I were 
drawing penises in the back of our uh, salty windshields. I mean, I think those penises are a little bit more obvious. But yeah, I don't uh, know you about know, this I think this guy did a great job. Yeah, and uh, people want to uh, to tear it down. Uh, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this that penis. penis. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, uh, sunny but cold, high of only 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 43. It is 17 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Aw, yeah. It's the hot. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's Max and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, sunny and cold today with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 43. It's 17 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, have you ever missed a, uh, a Bax and Nagel show or even care to listen to an old Bax and O'Brien show? They're all available on BaxandO'Brien.com, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, check out uh, Baxi's musical podcast this week. A repost of my interview with Bob Mould of Husker Du. Really cool interview. Very, very interesting. You can check that out again on BaxnoBrian.com. That sounds pretty sweet. It is sweet, actually. Uh, there was uh, something I was going to... Oh, yeah, there's a guy in China, right? Yeah. A man in South China's Gingzhou Zeng... I don't know, the autonomous region, was sentenced to three to five years in prison after transferring some 150,000 uh, yen, uh, which is about $23,000, from his ex-girlfriend's phone using facial recognition by pulling her eyelids up while she was sleeping. Really? And to think that would actually happen is kind of scary. Yeah, no kidding. What if you're, like, uh, knocked out? Like, uh, you go to some bar and some uh, some girl puts something in your drink. Sure, right. You know, she's all sexing up to you. Yeah, and yeah. And she knocks you out with one of them. Uh, like a roofie. A roofie. And yeah. then uh, she takes your phone and uh, steals your uh, information. The uh, man, surnamed Huang, was uh, actually a compulsive gambler, burdened by debt at the time. Called his ex-girlfriend, uh, surnamed Dong, in... Uh, uh, Wait, you had Wang and Dong? Huang Dong. Okay. Anyway, last uh, in December last year, Huang uh, told her he wanted to meet to, to discuss how he could pay back more than the $9,000 he borrowed from Dong when they were together. Mm -hmm. That afternoon, the man volunteered to take care of Dong after learning that she was ill, so he went over and cooked for her, prepared her medicine, mm -hmm. and then what happened next is that Dong fell asleep after taking that medicine and then uh, hung, uh, hung or hang, whatever his name is, unlocked the woman's phone with her fingerprint and pulled up her eyelids to transfer the money using facial recognition. That's what unbelievable. son of a gun. No kidding. Huh? Damn, What a dude. wang that guy turned out to be. Well, that's, uh, you know, never underestimate the power of somebody who's addicted to something. True. And, and like we said, gambling's a pretty insidious one. Yeah. You know? But uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'd ever want to go up to someone who's sleeping and pull their eyelids open. I mean, that's, uh, that's you're, you're, I mean, you could wake them up. Then what do you do? Uh, afterward, Dong surprisingly saw the money transfer on her phone when she woke up and reported it to the police immediately. Police later discovered how the money had been transferred by Hong. Uh, Hong was uh, recently sentenced to three years and six months in prison and fined $3,000. Damn. Where are you going to get that money? I don't know. Yeah, make the guard fall asleep at the jail and use his facial recognition on his phone? Good luck with that. Can't trust anybody anymore. <laughs> it's that's. It's true, man. I, you know, listen. If you, if if somebody tried doing that to me, opening up my eyelids, I'd wake up, and I'm a pretty sound sleeper. But well, I'd wake up if you're 
fiddle around with my face. When I first got that facial recognition thing, somebody said to me, uh, yeah, you can just do this while you're sleeping, and the thing opened up. And I'm like, no, 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 you have to be, like, wide awake for it to be to work like that. You can't just put it while somebody's sleeping. But apparently, you can. Yeah, no. I don't even, I don't even use that. You don't use Face ID? No, I don't. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I just, I just never have. I don't have a reason. I just feel like, ah, maybe I'll deal with it some other time. I mean, I've found some glitches with it. My kid picks it up every once in a while. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Listen, my, my four-digit code is almost uncrackable. So, you know, yeah. I'm pretty satisfied with just that. Why don't you have a six-digit code? Because I can't remember six digits in a row. What's, uh, what, uh, what model phone do you have? Uh, I got a, an XS. An XS? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. You're stuck on a phone from the aughts 18, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I might be due for an upgrade. Yes, you uh, Yes, you are. It's 758 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Rock 102 is... Rock... The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. 811 and Brian Adams. Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's uh, going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 35 tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 43. It's 17 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, that song just reminded me. Uh, there was a, a listener uh, that's on. I don't know. She might be friends with you, too. But uh, it was a, a Rock 102 bingo that she made. Uh-huh. She made her own Rock 102 bingo board. Oh, really? And wrote down all these songs that we play. Yeah. And uh, was completed with it in less than a week. No kidding. Yeah, how about that? What'd you win? Uh, nothing. She, the, the comfort of knowing that she's uh, she's going to be hearing all these great songs that we play. Oh, that's day. great. Yeah. yeah. Summer Something that was on there? I believe that was on there. Wow. Yeah. Good choice. Pretty cool, though. We, we need to make that a thing. Yeah, you know what? That would be kind of cool. The Rock 102 bingo board, and every time you hear uh, Steve Miller, uh, you know, we can you mark it down. Hey, you get the X. You win some sort of great prize. We should do this. That would be, that. you know, honest to God, Steve, what a great idea that is. Here we are beating our heads against the wall, coming up with great uh, contest ideas, and here's this lady coming up with a great one. Sure, the bosses are listening right now. Hey, uh, holiday party. Did you have a good time? I did have a good time. Yeah? Yeah, I did. I did, too. The food was delicious. The food was uh, terrific. Uh, You know, Applebee's really put on a great spread. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We joke. It wasn't Applebee's, but it was this great restaurant that uh, it was the family-style dinner. I like that. You like that? Where you're passing the stuff back and forth, and there was chicken parm, and there was sirloin steak, and there was vegetables and fish and, mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, typically speaking, our uh, our Christmas parties in the past have been a little sketchy. You know, where you know, we, we'll go out to lunch, and there's a very limited menu, and you either get what they got or you got nothing. Yeah. That's, here, uh, here you had loads of different choices. Well, there's a new boss in town, so, you know. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Uh, it's different. Uh, hey, uh, let's give these people more than just gruel. But then you know, the good thing about the boss is, and he's got the same uh, issue that I do, is we both live very close to this place. Uh-huh. So, you know, we could just go right home and, like, you know, our day is done. As opposed to, like, the Christmas party we used to have, like, at the, at the Salem Cross Inn years ago, which is a great place. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with the Salem Cross Inn. But it's like 9,000 miles away from the radio station. So? So way back then, we would get a bus 
and we go on the bus. See, so you couldn't just leave the party early. You couldn't like you know just drop out and and leave. You had to get back on the well, bus you, with everybody else. You could have driven your own car. Yeah, no, but that wasn't. Uh, you know, it was encouraged that we all rode on the bus together, because you know a staff that rides buses together is usually a staff that appreciates each other. That's what we were told at the time. Who came up with that? Malarkey? I don't know some idiot. Um, malarkey. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, so we had the uh, we had the Secret Santa g- uh, gift giveaway. Yes, which I uh, had my infamous uh, uh, wrapped, uh, poorly wrapped present. This uh, this year was. Um, uh, I didn't really know what to get this person, mm-hmm. and uh, she works upstairs. She's like she's like the HR like. I guess you would call her the head of HR, like the, like the business manager of the station. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, she, she, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I, don't, I haven't really like sat down and talked with her at length. You know, I know, I know who she is, very sure. nice lady. Uh, yeah. We just, whatever. It just, we just don't talk all that often. So I didn't know what to get. So I figured, uh, well, the last time I saw her, uh, she was coming out of the Student Prince uh, uh, with her husband. So hey, how about some booze? You know, well, there everybody you go. likes booze. Yeah. So yeah. I got her those really nice, uh, those chocolate liqueurs. You know the ones that have the actual booze in them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Table and Vine sells them. Sure. They're, they're, yeah. And uh, I got those. And then on sale was uh, uh, pickle whiskey. Ooh, how good is that? I don't know, but it was on sale for like a quarter apiece. I couldn't pass it up and <laughs> throw that in there with it, <laughs> along with a $20 scratch ticket. It was a pretty decent yeah, price. That's pretty good. Right? So I wrap all this stuff up in a in a like a shopping bag, like the plastic shopping bag. Right. And then uh, I wrap that with some tape around it. Yep. And then uh, I put that. Uh, we wrap that with wrapping paper. Yeah. And then uh, we shove that into a thirty-three gallon trash bag filled with lots of other wrapping paper. Now, like tons of wrapping paper. I would say like an entire roll of wrapping paper and, a, and not a there small were, one, like a, like a, a full-size roll of, uh, of of wrapping paper. I believe there was a total of 60 yards of wrapping paper that was used for this entire thing. <laughs> and then, so all that shoved in there, yeah. and it's like all folded in. So you really got to look for the present because the present's small. But that's it's, why it's, it's in the bag. It's three nip bottles and a, and a scratch ticket. Four nip bottles. And, and a scratch uh, ticket. And, and, a, and a box of chocolates. But again, they're, it's small. It's, yeah. like, it's probably like, you know, the, the size of a cigar box. Almost. Okay. And it's all wrapped up. And then, uh, and then uh, the entire bag was then wrapped in its own wrapping paper of on top of that. Right. And uh, that, that's the joy of watching people open these things. Now, for those of you who have not uh, seen the pictures, and you posted pictures uh, I did. On, uh, on Friday. Yeah. If you've ever been to the town of Plymouth, uh-huh. this was the same size as Plymouth Rock. The uh, the actual item, well, yeah, yeah, all wrapped up. I thought it was about the size of Plymouth Rock. Yeah, not yeah, a huge rock, very, but but bigger than everybody else. Very 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 small, and nobody even knows if that's the actual present that was in there. <laughs> Just like Plymouth Rock, <laughs> how do we know it was that rock? Right. Uh, but uh, she got it open, and then she uh, she enjoyed one of the nips, and uh, that was it. It took a good fifteen minutes for her her to unwrap it, though. Yes, it was I mean, a very it, lengthy amount of time. And you know what I did? I forgot all about it. I was going to take the, because we had the trash bag still, so we shoved all the paper back into it. Yeah. I left it there by accident. I was going to take it home with me and get rid of it. 
Jeez. I totally forgot. So I screwed the upstairs uh, office staff again with that's, my trash. That's fantastic. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, that's good. But uh, no, we had a nice time. We, yeah, got, we did, we we did got, have a nice time. What What did you uh, wind up getting? Did you get something? Yeah, I got uh, I got a Starbucks card, and uh, then uh, I also got a bottle of uh, raspberry vodka and M and M's. The very thing that I said I was upset about getting at the Yankee swap that oh, I participated that's in three nice. weeks earlier. That's nice. Yes, and again, I gave away the M and M's and the uh, the raspberry vodka, ah. but kept the Starbucks. Hey, hey, I, hey twenty five bucks a Starbucks there ain't nothing to shake a stick at. Nothing man. wrong with that. That's like uh, co- it's like half a coffee. <laughs> Starbucks. Yeah, that's like a coffee and a half almost. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, everybody was having a good time. Nobody threw anything at each other. Nope. Everybody, everybody got along. I don't we, think anybody got really uh, terribly drunk that I could see. At least ev- not on my table. Everybody got a gift. We all got something. Yeah. That was the first time that that's happened in a long time. Has there? Well, I'm trying to think who's who's not participated in the Secret Santa. No, I mean everybody got a gift from the company. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I got a uh, I got a $25 gift card to the student prince. Yeah. I got that and uh, and also we got like a little uh, thing to wear, which is kind of cool. And then yeah, we got a nice uh, staff fleece. Yes. And will. then someone gave me a bottle of vodka. Oh, cuz you need more vodka. Right, because yeah. from what I understand, vodka and blood thinners work out fantastic. I was going to say, that's the perfect combination. Yes, of course. But uh, we got the, the new fleeces, and I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, we've only gotten new clothing items every time there's a new general manager, and last year we had like four of them, so we're missing like four <laughs> jackets here. This, yeah, they're, they're, a little, we're, they're we're a little behind. behind. We're behind on getting those. Well, a couple of them didn't last to the Christmas party. So, you, you know, what are you going to do? You mean the fleeces because they're so paper thin <laughs> that they just disintegrate in your hand. No, those are high quality fleeces, actually. Uh, but uh, but no, we, we had a very nice time. Uh, a fun time was had by all, if you will. Yeah, we, we talked about this last week. You know, it's been a long time since, uh, you know, one of these things got out of hand. And you and I talked about the one we had at Pazzo where you and I stuck around for a couple hours. Oh, uh, yeah, that wasn't After the part, that was that was probably well advised. And then we've had uh, we've had others that got, you know, way out of hand that people said, well, let's let's go out afterwards. And you know, it's like I think after you've spent the whole afternoon with your coworkers, yeah. and there's alcohol at lunch, and there's, and there's more alcohol later. Every, nothing good comes out of that. No, and especially when some of us have to go back on the air yes. after the party. Yes, you're absolutely right. You know, Pat Kelly's uh, holding himself back on Friday because he's like, "Damn it, I get. I wish I didn't have to go back and do this shift." Now, here's the funny part about it is. Yeah. You know, we always get, like, free drink coupons at this thing. Mm-hmm. So they give you, like, two tickets for, like, two free drinks. Everything after that you got to pay for. Yeah. Which is fine, I suppose. I wasn't going to drink because I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to have the blood thinners and, and and alcohol reading all those you know horrifying warnings. Yeah. And so I immediately gave my tickets to Pat. Ah. Because I think, well, who would, who would use these the fastest yeah. on staff? Well, I immediately thought of Pat. And then he gave them away. And he gave him away, did he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking. And then I saw Cohen at the end, at the end of the, the room, and I wanted to sit next to him. And I thought, well, you know, I probably should have split yeah. uh, them because, you know, Cohen drinks way too much. And then, uh, and then you know, Pat drinks way too much. I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe that'll work out better. Instead, I gave it to Pat. That's my Christmas gift to him. I gave it to Bob Kester, who was standing outside with a sign saying, <laughs> we'll work for food. Listen, we don't have any food left over, but here's these drink tickets you can have. Yeah, we ate all the free food, but here you go. Our Enjoy. Gift to you.
It's 821 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. At Big Y, the holidays get us thinking about... 831 Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The Springfield Fire Department was called to an incident where a car crashed into a home. It happened on uh, Carew Street, 2355 Carew Street to be exact. Uh, at this time, there's no other information available as the fire department investigates, but we can see that we can see. We can see. No longer can the crew see, the 22 news crew. But we they can, can see. see. Uh, the car broke through the exterior wall of the house. Now, they have this picture of this car and the uh, the front-end license plate you can see in the basement of the home. Wow. Yeah. So, it went, so it went right through it then, huh? Yeah, it's a nice license plate you got the collection you got there, Bill. Uh, actually, uh, somebody put that there. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do that. Uh, I'm sure the house did absolutely nothing to get out of the way. No, you would think. Same with this budget in Avis building over in West Springfield. The drag racing incident has led to multiple people being treated for injuries in West Springfield. According to a statement issued by the West Springfield Fire Department, vehicles drag racing led to a car crashing into the corner of a building. The people uh, inside the car were treated for injuries at the crash site and were then taken to a local hospital for additional treatment. The crash happened on Riverdale Street near the West Springfield Holyoke Line. No additional information has been released, but this BMW went squaw right into the corner of the building. Now, uh, I've never owned a BMW. I've never really felt like I was in the uh, the market for one or had the means for one. But I gotta believe you got a uh, you got a BMW that goes through the front of a building, yeah. and you're walking out of there with minor injuries. That shows to me that's a good safe vehicle. That is a very safe vehicle. You know, I mean, of all the cars you could have gone into, some sort of uh, steel death trap, at least the Beamer's going to keep you safe. Almost, You always have to ask yourself, can you afford anything less than a Beamer? No, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Uh, Holyoke Health Center celebrated the grand opening of their new improved vision center on Friday. Ooh, the vision was real, and it came true. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's very deep. The uh, new Vision Center has a total of eight exam rooms, including two special testing rooms. The Vision Center was recently rewarded a $75,000 grant from MassHealth to expand its eye care services to patients for whom English is not their first language, as well as patients with intellectual and developmental uh, disabilities. I would recommend this place before that other place that told me they were going to call DCF on me. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Remember that place? Mm-hmm. It was at uh, Pioneer Valley Eye Center that uh, my kids went to. But I wouldn't necessarily out them publicly. Uh, Blyanir Blender, Bly Blender. That's much Blyander. better. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. That's more. They that's were, more discreet. We had uh, we had made an appointment. Uh, well, my kid had, was going there, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they said, uh, you know, she needed glasses, so we got out of the glasses. And then she, they said she had some sort of like eye condition, some whatever the name of it was, right? So it says, hey, you need to come back and uh, do this appointment. Well, one thing led to another. We had to cancel the appointment and didn't reschedule it right away because we were trying to, you know, plans got in the way. Sure. Uh, and then they uh, they sent us a letter no less than two weeks later saying that if we didn't reschedule that appointment, they were going to call Department of Children and Families on us because that condition is very serious. I see. And, uh, and this was your it. fault. This was my fault. And then uh, I tried to call uh, several times, leaving voicemail messages, and nobody returned my call. So then I made an appointment at another eye place. Yes. And uh, my kid didn't even have that condition they were saying she had. So they would have called DCF for absolutely no real reason. Well, uh, I think to them, it's, uh, 
I think, you know, you hear stories about places that do this, mm-hmm. that, like, even threaten this idea. Right. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh. Uh, like, threaten the idea that they're going to call DCF on you mm-hmm. for not doing something. Like, uh, you know, there was a, a, I won't say where, but there was a dentistry place that was telling, hey, if you don't get this done to your kid, uh, we're going to call DCF. And they're, like, forcing the parents to do this work, turning out that they didn't even need the work to begin with. Do some of these things really even rise to the level of an actual violation of of uh, family services? Probably not, but I don't. Are they think just trying to scare you into spend a little bit more money? But listen, when you're when you have mandated reporters like people who are in the medical field using that as some sort of pull to get you to buy services that you don't even need. Yeah, but them not answering their phone or returning your calls is not a violation. <laughs> Is, is, is not negligence on your part. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, they ne- I never heard anything about it ever. Yeah. Like, they probably knew that I was leaving messages saying, please call me back. I'd like to discuss this with you. And said, oh, yeah, uh, maybe we don't really have any pull against this guy because it's not real. <laughs> uh, your voicemail ser- service is causing me to be neglectful of my children. But it was just, uh, you know, that's scary. When you're a parent and somebody says that to you, that they're going to do that to yeah. you. That is an intimidation uh, method. I yeah. was not intimidated because I'm like, I, well, you, could, you could call D- Go ahead, go call DCF. Well, there are we'll a lot of happens. there are a lot of families, Steve, that yeah. uh, get the same threat, and uh, it is because of their own uh, neglect. Yeah. Uh, but if they're already in the system, they're not really scared of you. No, they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they haven't taken your kids away already, they're probably not going to do it just because you haven't made a an additional phone call or an eye appointment or an eye appointment. <laughs> Two Vermont residents were arrested in Franklin County after a traffic stop that ended with troopers finding a large amount of drugs inside the vehicle. At approximately 2 a.m. on Sunday, state police troopers were patrolling I-91 in Greenfield and saw a blue Toyota sedan entering a construction zone while traveling 70 miles an hour. See, that's what gets you. You go speeding through a construction zone, mm-hmm. and that gives them uh, every reason to pull you over. See, I, I, again, you know, at, at the highest levels of your drug trade, yeah. You want to be able to vet everybody in your, in your, uh, in 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 your company, from Absolutely. everybody from the people you are growing the stuff to mixing it in a lab to distributing it on the highways. After stopping the car, the troopers approached it and identified the driver as 28-year-old Victoria Thompson of Cavendish, Vermont, and an unknown 31-year-old man. According to the state police, while speaking to them, the trooper uh, saw an illegally possessed firework in the back seat. And another trooper returned to the cruiser to do an electronic inquiry of people in the car. He ran the plate. Why don't they just say that? I don't know. Trooper, uh, one of the troopers discovered that Thompson's license was invalid and removed her from the vehicle and placed her under arrest. The unknown man was uh, removed from the car for it to be towed. While Mm. doing a required inventory of the vehicle's contents before it was towed, troopers found a large amount of narcotics along with uh, stuff that looked like crystal meth. And then there was heroin. Oh, man, there was all kinds of stuff in here. And then the passenger was placed under arrest. And then he initially gave a false name and date of birth. And then they figured out he was 31-year-old Marshall Gagne. Yeah, see, all the more reason, though, you got all that stuff in the car to drive safe. And to have a valid license. And and like I said, the thing I don't get is you get two people in the car, but yet she was the the better choice to drive? Yeah, sometimes it's not always the best choice. No. Uh, Which makes you wonder what... That guy had going on. Well, he had warrants out for his arrest and all this stuff, so maybe you don't want to put him in the front seat. But at least hire somebody. I would say don't put either one of them in the front seat. Just hire somebody to drive for you. That's it. Somebody's got a valid license. How hard is that? 
Bay State Health President and CEO Mark Kerouac confirmed in a press briefing on December 16th that the Health Network still intends to close the Fowler Mental Health Wing at Bay State Noble Hospital. Kerouac said the Bay State Health currently plans to close the Fowler Wing as well as two other community mental health wings in 2023 to consolidate them into a single, larger facility in Holyoke. Uh, that plan could be evaluated, but it remains unchanged, said Kerouac. So, uh, one less thing at Wing or uh, Noble Hospital, the wing... The wing at Noble. So, so uh, this new facility. How many, uh, how many people are they going to be able to accommodate in this place? See, that is what we don't know. And how many are you scaling back, or are you just providing additional well, services? Prop, because you yeah. know, the state has already closed nearly every mental hospital there is. Yeah, because and most of it, you know, what what he's saying is that there's staffing issues. Uh, it's not just one of a real estate issue. It's not having enough people to manage all the beds. Which is happening everywhere. But the, I think the problem is for the community is when you have a central location like Westfield, you're reaching, you know, wherever your location is, you're reaching the surrounding areas. Right. So this is kind of like the the go point for people in the hill towns and, you know, people in Southwick and, and any of those surrounding areas. Now you move it to Holyoke. It's going to be less accessible to reach those services. Well, I just, I just hope that if they're going to build something or move something to an existing uh, structure, that they're doing what's best for the people who are going to go there and not necessarily you know, try to cut corners simply because right now, at this very moment, you have a staffing issue. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? It's like uh, you don't want to be you know, penny-wise, pound-foolish when you know, clearly there's a need for facilities. Especially with people with with, uh, with uh, you know, mental issues right now. Uh, more than a dozen people have been arrested following a seven-month investigation into drug trafficking here in Western Mass. The Northwestern DA's office said the alleged syndicate was moving between 100 and 200 something of cocaine a day. You would either say pounds or kilograms or something. What are they saying? It just says 100 and 200 of cocaine. Maybe That's they were it. Doing, maybe they were doing cocaine when they wrote this story. Maybe they did. Oh, yeah, he's getting all the information out. Uh, arrested were two brothers, uh, 35-year-old Brandon Rice of Hatfield and 38-year-old Daniel Rice of West Springfield, uh, who are the alleged leaders of the trafficking organization. Daniel Rice owns Dapper Dan's Barbershop on Chapman Street in Greenfield, a location that was believed to be part of the alleged operation. Well, if you're going to run a drug trafficking ring, a barbershop is the best place to do that. I don't know how many barbershops are affronts for other uh, businesses. That's true. Uh, fire and investigators are searching for the cause of a porch fire, which damaged a Turner's Falls home. That call came in around noon yesterday, uh, reporting the fire at 90 Turnpike Road. A neighbor noticed the smoke and called 911. The, far, uh, the fire was largely confined to a closed front porch. The family inside the home was able to get out unhurt, while a neighbor worked to douse the flames with an extinguisher until emergency crews arrived. No word yet on the damage estimate. The state fire marshal is investigating the cause. That's always scary around this time of year. The fires? house fire. Oh, well, yeah. house fire is scary no matter what time of year it is. But I'm thinking of the cold weather and then having to be outside in the cold and not having any place to go back to. Well, see, that's why you have places like the open pantry, Steve. Yes. That yeah, that's exactly people. the very reason they exist. Situations like this. I get it. But, uh, you know, this is not the time of the year to be standing outside when the water from the fire hose freezes as soon as it hits your home. While they're trying to put it out, that's not good. That's not good for anybody. 
There are at least 60 Massachusetts correctional workers looking for new jobs today. The workers were fired for refusing to abide by a Baker administration mandate that they receive the COVID-19 vaccine as a condition of keeping their jobs. An exact number of dismissed executive branch employees has not been released by the Baker administration, which is still sifting through a number of waiver requests from department employees. You know, if it were, yeah, again, everyone's got their own reasons for not being vaccinated. But if it were a matter of getting a regular paycheck and not getting a regular paycheck, I would take the regular paycheck. Yeah, I would take the regular paycheck. And then and get vaccinated to keep that regular paycheck. Well, some people uh, have a hill to die on. And that's I guess the one they choose. It's not one that I can uh, that I can quite understand. Is it really meant for us to understand? No, because you and I don't really care so much what we put in our bodies, and uh, are more than happy to take the vaccine. Yeah, I guess some people just don't get it, though. They just don't want to play along. You shut up and you do what you're told. You do you know, what the government does. <laughs> I'm just trying to be an advocate, a devil's advocate. Can you, can you imagine, like, a, you're like an anti-vax guy, yeah. okay, and uh, and you don't want to have the vaccine because you don't want to put anything that you don't know uh, what's in it into your body. Yeah. But at the same time, you're going from uh, house to house and delivering fruitcakes to everybody. Yeah. Uh, to wish them uh, a Merry Christmas. Anybody really know what's in a fruitcake? No. no. Or in, like, a, a Christmas sausage? Hey, listen, I told you, my brother's the guy who'll sit there and drink Keystone Lights and uh, drink shots of whiskey and smoke cigarettes and tell you, don't put that vaccine in your body, you know what it's going to do to you. (laughs) That stuff will kill you. That'll kill you right then and there. You don't want that. You don't want that Biden poison in your veins. (laughs) (laughs) Officials with. D.C. public schools are investigating after third graders reported they had to reenact the Holocaust during a library lesson Friday. Oh, that's a great play to put on. <laughs> to reenact the Holocaust? In a letter sent to parents at Watkins Elementary School in uh, southeast uh, part of D.C., the principal says, according uh, to reports he received, the reenactment included students, students being asked to portray participants from the Holocaust like Adolf Hitler digging ditches to serve as mass graves, and simulated shootings. It was also alleged that the staff member leading the lesson also made anti-Semitic statements. This is uh, not going to be good for uh, the holiday play. Listen, it's an important uh, part in history to learn, but I don't think it really requires uh, a pageant. No, it does not. (laughs) I mean, to me, me, I think if, if you read the books... That's yeah. probably going to be uh, maybe enough. Maybe a film strip, maybe a movie. That's fine. But let's let's not uh, let's not pick roles and try to reenact it. The Fox station out of D.C. Uh, talked to a mother outside. It says, my husband picked up our child after school, and there was a lot of sobbing and crying and distress. She said her child was still struggling emotionally after being told to pretend to choke and die in a gas chamber and watching students simulate digging their own graves. Who the hell would even <laughs> think that this is a good idea? God. What? You know, I mean, imagine being a parent and your yeah. and your kid has been involved in this stuff and is forced to being in, involved. And it's like, I would be out of my mind to so angry. She also had conversations with other parents about their how their kids are doing. Uh, they are traumatized. One parent said their child was worried the teacher in question was hiding in their home. Children are having nightmares and are generally having a very hard time. 
She said the child who was told to play Hitler is not doing well at all. Mm. The uh, mother said the librarian who gave the lesson instructed students not to tell their parents. She said the kids uh, have the, the kids told their homeroom teacher who reported the incident and helped them through the rest of the school day. God. Yeah. Uh, D.C. Public Schools is committed to creating and what? Yeah, and they go on to apologize and all this other stuff. But. Yeah, I think someone. I think someone's going to be losing their job. Isn't it? Isn't it a wonder though how somebody goes through unvetted? You know, this teacher had been there for quite some time. Sure. And then all of a sudden, just goes off the rails and does. There was no other warning signs that this uh, person well, might there, be there not. May, there may be warning signs, but, I mean, you, you have to, I mean, you can't just fire somebody without cause. Here, I think this would be you know, with cause, but uh, but uh, it's, not a, it's not so simple to just, you know, can somebody because you don't like the way they teach. Yeah. Well, something the, like this, where the teaching has resulted in something woefully offensive, yeah, then I think it's time to maybe move them out of the classroom. Hey, uh, Johnny, what happened to you at school today? I got the lead in the school play, Dad. <laughs> yeah, are you? What are you? What are you? Are you Romeo? Are you? Are you? Uh, no, Macbeth? I'm <laughs> No, I got the lead. I'm Adolf Hitler, and Sally next door is my love interest, Ada Ava Braun. Oh man, this is gonna make for a really bad recital. <laughs> <laughs> It's like springtime for Hitler. I was uh, the same thing. <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is uh, going to be mostly sunny with a high of 35. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high of 43. It is 17 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102.